0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Ag View Pitch. Today, you have Shea Folk with Jared Creed. Jared, where are you at today? What are you up to?
1: Uh, I am actually in the car right now, driving down to the airport in Des Moines.
0: Yeah, you're going to be taking in the Super Bowl here. Sounds like maybe we got a, uh, you know, Super Bowl of things going on in the market. I don't know. That's probably not accurate right now. Things have been a little quiet here, but uh, headed into the – the week of love here on valentine's day we're recording on friday february 10th what do we got shaking in the markets here jared and uh what else we got going as we think about this week ahead
1: well i'm glad you mentioned that because i'll call myself a guilty party i did forget that valentine's day was next week so i hope all your listeners uh, catch on to that this weekend as well you're, make, you're sure the, uh, <laughs> make sure to get the uh make sure to get the significant other a gift
0: it's important
1: yeah, yeah. So this week, uh, you know, kind of just a recap. Last week, uh, February WASD, Obviously, we're inside the insurance period. February is typically uh, a little bit more focused on South America production. We had a few adjustments to domestic supply and demand. Had to cut a 15 million bushel on domestic U.S. soybean crush. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, from a 30,000 foot view when you consider that the the soybean crusher. Is making tremendous amount of money right now but they cannot operate to the full capacity that they have the capability to do and a lot of that is still tied to logistics they're so just unable to move the products in an efficient way on the corn side relatively static there as well we actually left exports alone again uh which I think is probably against the common belief in the industry, but, you know, tinfoil hat, I think USDA probably wants to see how a few things shake out in South America, which we'll touch base on in a minute. Uh, yeah. And then we had a small reduction in the ethanol space, of 25 million bushel. So, you know, the big focus, February, South America production, you rewind the calendar a year ago, we had the wind at our backs. Prior to the invasion into Ukraine, we had plenty of fundamental issues taking place. Uh, primarily just Brazil and Argentina, both fighting a significant drought, and we had significant crop cuts to both countries last year. This year, you had a 5 million ton cut ballpark in both corn and beans out of Argentina and left the corn and soybean number unchanged out of Brazil. Uh, And that's following up from some adjustments in January as well. I think there's still some belief that the Argentina soybean crop size can sneak a little lower. I think USDA has it down to 41 million ton now. Uh, I'd imagine that, uh, you know, if I had to take a wild card guess, probably have a hard time seeing it go below 35. Uh, but meanwhile, you're sustaining Brazil in around that 153 million ton area. So the important takeaway on the relationship of Brazil and Argentina right now is that even though Brazil's got a few issues trying to get their beans harvested right now, their supply side is going to be very strong. And naturally, some of the beans in southern Brazil – will actually make their way into Argentina to satisfy the physical needs that the Argentina soybean crusher has. Why Mm -hmm. I bring that up is eventually we do run a little bit of risk. It might not be in March, maybe it's out in April. We run the risk of saturating the market with an old story of what's happening in Argentina, you know, the old phrase of it's priced in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have enough supply in Brazil that it's going to be a competitive market for them to ship beans to China. It's going to be uh, a little bit of a, a lifeline for Argentina to source some beans from Brazil. Meal has been the real story. You know, Thursday this last week, meal went back above 500 bucks. There's uh, a few more, I would say, well-respected technical traders that Kind of have a line in the sand that you start trading in that five ten to five thirteen area on front meal that we could actually open the door to visit six hundred dollars a ton, which is borderline mind numbing. Right. So you know when you look forward here, we're definitely still in a weather market, and that maybe the the uh, the possibilities of getting a little bit more focused on weather in Brazil starts to sneak into the market. dry up for the sake of the farmer there to get their bean crop harvested and plant the corn crop timely. Uh, it's a little misleading to look at year on year corn planting comparisons in Brazil, specifically Mato Grosso right now. They had a record planting pace last year. i right. done this last week. They were kind of running right in line with the 10 year average. But mm-hmm. with some of these forecasts, I think there's probably a heightened chance of seeing their planting progress Uh, sneak up to be 15 to 20 percent behind a five-year average base and then obviously you know you start to run into some weather issues of potentially getting out of their monsoon season uh, drying up on moisture and then arguably more important of running early frost risk so what do you know here we are uh, in the winter (laughs) in the U.S. you think that we should be Relatively ho hum, and we've got a weather situation. And for the last piece, I'll add to that, and I'll let you move on here. Yep. You know, as we're in the insurance averaging period, you know, for the majority of the Midwest, uh, our you know our insurance price on beans is not going to be as high as last year. It's going to take a stellar rally in the bean market. The last right. year, beans rallied a buck forty during the February insurance averaging period. I don't think we're going to have that happen this year. So maybe we can sneak up to that fourteen dollars insurance price. Porn's still got a fighting chance of having a six in front of it. Last year was 590. But the piece I want to get at there is currently implied volatility measurements that drive the premiums on crop insurance elections are -hmm. cheaper year on year, which in theory can actually end up resulting in a cheaper multi peril insurance premium payable by the farmer.
0: You know, I found that that really interesting though, Jared, because it doesn't, you know, the volatility index is lower, but it doesn't feel like there's less volatility. Uh, you're
1: right. It doesn't feel that way, uh, especially at these prices. You know, to tie that out, though, volatility is not measured until the last five days. Okay. So, yep. you know, canary in the coal mine, as you start right. to have an issue in Brazil, and we really do start paying attention to it, which, you know, I know this isn't probably normal business, uh, given the timing of what my schedule, your schedule. We're Mm -hmm. recording this midday Friday, and corn is up 10, 11 cents at the moment, and a lot of that is kind of tied to forecasts in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So there is always a risk that you could uptick volatility into the end of the month. We come away with a higher insurance price, but we find ourselves paying the same type of premium we were last year.
0: Yeah, one last thing out of South America. There we had talked on this, uh, you know, at the conference a little bit here last week. There was some discussions maybe between Argentina and Brazil on doing a common currency. Anything come out of that, or what are your thoughts, sir?
1: I haven't seen anything else, Shay, and I really would be surprised to see Brazil bring in a dumpster fire of Argentina. I mean, Argentina (laughs) is on the the verge of becoming the next Venezuela, it seems like. Uh, And meanwhile, you know, uh, something that's sneaking up as well that hasn't gotten a lot of attention lately, the the relationship with Brazilian real and the U.S. dollar is really, really moving. Mm -hmm. So that can have some long-term ramifications as well, but that's probably not something that becomes more pertinent until late spring, early summer, uh, but another wild card in the mix.
0: Yeah. Uh, What else is going on globally? Any other implications outside of South America right now? Um, You know, we always, China and Russia are obviously two big ones that we've been looking at here. You know, we had the whole spy balloon incident and, Who knows where that whole thing goes. And then, of course, Russia as we move forward, uh, maybe maybe looking at an increased and more intensive offensive as we head into warmer months. Any thoughts on on your end on how that might have market implications?
1: Well – a couple of different things, and to make light of the situation, I think when China gets their uh, their data back, perhaps from the balloon, they're going to find out that we're losing acres daily to all these Dollar General stores. Couldn't help but laugh and see uh, commentary on that. Though. They're going to find out we got a lot of Dollar Generals. But you know, I think the China thing had some people nervous. Uh, market really didn't seem to care much. You know, that's a touch-and-go situation. I'm not going to pretend to be any yep. way, shape, or form, any geo- geopolitical expert there. I think right. you got a lot of uh, a merit to the potential concern of a escalation in tension between Russia and Ukraine. Kind mm-hmm. of a deal of watch what they do, not what they say. Yep. It seems like we're still continuing to pump a whole bunch of money into that Ukraine defense uh, 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 Individual a lot older than me brought up the other day that I know a dollar today is not a dollar back then, but we've now spent more, we've given more funds to Ukraine than we spent on the entire Vietnam disaster. Hmm. So it's, it's real. And we continue to send equipment and other countries continue to send equipment. One piece that is also coming down the pipeline is you know, sad deals happened in Turkey. Obviously, the last four or five mm-hmm. days. Um, right. I'm not. I haven't seen it this morning, but I think going to bed yesterday, death toll is over 20,000 people. Wow. Turkey is critical in the negotiation between Ukraine and Russia mm-hmm. on the safe grain passage. Critical. Mm-hmm. I wonder. March 14th is kind of that soft date. Uh, the ending of the four-month extension that we had on that grain deal. Right. Where is Turkey's efforts and abilities going to be with a a very sad situation happening within their own country? Right. Are, are we going to potentially lose some of the firepower in the negotiation of that same safe grain passage in the event Russia does escalate things and Turkey's got their hands uh, tied as it is with the problems they have going on now? That that's, You know, that's right around the corner. That's a month away. Uh, right. You get to that doorstep, if there starts to be some rumors of slowing that down, uh, one of the first commodities that can really feel that impact is wheat. Right. And wheat can certainly lift the boat for other commodities too. And quite frankly, it's probably been the most picked-on commodity for the last six months, a massive speculative short in wheat that – could potentially be just a a drum filled with dry gunpowder waiting for a fuse.
0: Yeah, wheat in a lot of the scenarios, and I don't know if you've seen the same thing, wheat kind of looks ugly right now for crop production at current prices, um, relative especially to some of the revenue out there on corn and even paired up against soybeans or if you're doing double crop on that wheat. Um, So, you know, maybe people that are are growing wheat are – you know looking for some sort of shake-up and things there but i agree you know we saw this happen last year we're coming up right now on basically a year of this conflict in ukraine and the volatility about make your head spin uh in the wheat market here over the last 12 to 18 months so i think it'll if be interesting a,
1: yeah if there's a bright spot in wheat shape the producer that is looking at a crop let's just talk about hrw for a second the producer looking at a crop coming out of dormancy that really didn't have a lot of nitrogen tossed at it this last fall with what nitrogen prices have done and wheat trying to make a little bit of rebound if that would happen to continue the relationship between the two you know the margin outlook can actually get better pretty quickly
0: uh,
1: I mean, maybe, maybe to the tune of a hundred bucks an acre. I mean, you tack right. you on a dollar and a dollar a bushel in wheat, and you drop fertilizer expenses by another forty, fifty bucks an acre. That might be a little wishful thinking, uh, but that's kind of the the path that we're on. The relationship between nitrogen and wheat, and for that matter, corn, continues to get better. Um, you know, it's still. I would make an argument that the the producer that has a fall fertilizer program was kind of stuck with buying what they needed to buy, and hopefully they were offsetting those purchases with grain sales. Mm-hmm. And at those times, you know, next year's corn was still, or, or this year's corn crop, we're getting ready right to plant, I should say, was still 620 to 635. The right. margin opportunity was good at higher fertilizer. Now you're talking about corn closer to six and those fertilizer prices being closer to 2021 values, still not as cheap as 19 and 20. Uh, But things are, you know, there's a bright spot there. There's been a a recovery in a margin outlook in the last 30 to 45 days, primarily on the heels of fertilizer dropping. So that can't be lost in translation. The important piece about making sure that that is being viewed uh, early and often.
0: Well, I was ready to go out and terminate all the wheat that I had out there and plant corn. So maybe you talked me out of it, talked me off of the cliff here. Well,
1: I can't really speak for... uh, you know, you boys growing wheat east of the Mississippi, but you know, I'm a <laughs> Kansas boy by by nature. They're short on feed stocks for all the cattle down there. I've got a yeah. couple of close friends that were walking through the calculations of potentially uh just grazing out as much wheat as possible so they don't have to trim their herd because the cattle outlook is I don't wanna say promising necessarily, but it's it's kind of easy to be a little giddy right now with how many cattle we're killing. So nice. uh, a yeah, guy at that point is trying to monitor the value of, do I take a wheat to a cash crop or do I actually use it as a feed crop uh, as much as I possibly can and then potentially roll that ground into a row crop uh, out in May and June. So, mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I suppose there's a little bit of merit to that too. We're going to be talking about acres here for the next six to 10 weeks. March 31st, prospective planning, the stocks report is the next Huge date to circle on the calendar. February insurance prices will have a massive impact. How are we going to split up 179, 180 million acres? There's some in the boat that we're going to plant 95 million acres of corn and 85 of beans. I'll tell you what, that's not enough of beans, but if we would plant 95 of corn, uh, uh, the music would stop in a hurry, I'm afraid. I mean, that mm-hmm. would be, that would be a, a potential nail in the coffin. Right. Uh, you know you come in in that ninety two eighty seven area that seems kind of be the the safe spot of where we need to be uh it's just what does price do between now and say March fifteenth so any listeners that get their perspective planting survey from u s d a damn it, don't throw it away, fill it out <laughs> uh, you know our survey responses continue to drop,
0: yeah, yep, No, nope, that's a good point there. last thing I wanna wrap up with here, Jared, you know I had a guy sitting in in my office here yesterday and he said, Well, I've prepaid everything. I'm mostly sold on all my old crop. I got twenty thousand bushels of corn in the bin. You know, what should I do with it? And I don't give marketing advice and I know a lot of other people don't either, but you know, some of the things that we looked at is is it protected on the bottom end? What do you have for cash flow needs? Is that money better used elsewhere used elsewhere? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this scenario? i people ask this question all the time, but do you have do you have thoughts with where we are today?
1: Well, let's let's have fun with that for a second. Um mm-hmm. you know, twenty thousand bushel of corn, just call it seven bucks. What's a fifty cent drop on twenty thousand bushel? That's pretty easy math, right? Ten thousand bucks. Yep. Right. Flip a coin, are we going higher or lower? As in would you go to a blackjack table and make a single bet or to a roulette table and make a single bet on red or black, ten thousand bucks? Mm-hmm. Average listeners are gonna say no. Hopefully they're yep. gonna say no. Right. Uh, there's 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 individuals who just have some gamble in them. I get it, and maybe that's uh, you know some of their enjoyment of life of the ag industry as well. But for the most part, I just I don't think the message has changed for the last three or four months. Just keep the grain moving as quick as you possibly can, and try to leverage that cash to a return elsewhere. Yep. And maybe that's even just saving expenses. You know, as we continue to run through more and more numbers, uh, it feels like it's all nice and rosy out in agriculture right now. Shay, I'll be honest with you. We still have probably half a dozen producers we work with that cut to the chase. If things don't go well for them this year, they won't farm next year. Mm-hmm. And that that's almost been communicated from the bank. And a lot of that is they might just be a victim of growing at the wrong time. So everybody's situation is so different, but it, you can't be focused on the here and now on those last bushels that need to be sold. Uh, we got to be thinking about the implications of doing something or not doing something with those in relation to new crop and finance needs here for the next 12 to 18, 24 months. Uh, I like to think of trying to be as slim as possible with producing as much revenue as we possibly can. And, and I, I say the revenue word Uh, I wish I talked about this a little bit more at the FVU conference, but Mm -hmm. that's what we're farming for this year. We're farming for revenue. We're not farming for yield. We're not farming for price. We need to know how much revenue we need to generate, and we need to know when we need to have it by to be as efficient as I possibly can on cash flow and
0: work towards that. Mm
1: -hmm. And you got to define what those numbers are. And I, that's where I get a little scared of the guy saying, "Ah, I'm just going to hold this 20, 30, 40, 50, thousand bushel and see what happens. That's a choice. You just made a choice that you are willing to take a lower price and face the music and to gamble for a higher price.
0: Yeah. Doing nothing is a choice, you know, doing nothing is still making a decision. So, well, with that, Jared, uh, you know, really appreciate the time here. Uh, enjoy taking in the Super Bowl. looking forward to watching it. And, uh, more importantly, do not forget Valentine's Day is next week. To all the listeners, you're welcome for your reminder. Uh, thanks a lot, Jared. Really appreciate it. Hey,
1: Jay, on Valentine's Day, i got to tell you one other thing here.
0: Okay, go ahead. I want to
1: tell, tell you real quick the transition of the soybean market. I think we're getting back to it. For years and years and years, when we go across the countryside, given farmer meetings, especially in the northern plains, western Minnesota, south Dakota, north Dakota, northern Nebraska, western Iowa, The message on soybeans is always Valentine's Day. Two things you got to do. You better have a plan for your beans, and you better have your gift for your significant other. Because after Valentine's Day, you're in trouble with the missus, and you might be in trouble in the bean market because Brazil is coming. And I think that's that's the situation that we're in this year.
0: Circle it on your calendars. Don't forget. Make sure you got your flowers. Take care of your beans. Great message, Jared. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Jared. Really appreciate it. You bet, Jay. Thanks. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Egg View Pitch. We will catch you next time.